Good morning, good day, or good evening. My name is Eli Rowe, and this is the Middle-Aged Witch Podcast. Hello, and thank you for joining me today. So I want to begin today's episode with just a little PSA. Um, I have been a little bit overwhelmed by the volume of emails that are in my inbox lately. And so I just want to first of all beg for patience. Um, At last count, I have 254 unread emails in my inbox. So, you know, just a little bit of a backlog. I'm a little snowed under. Um, So thank you for your patience. Um, And secondly, I also just want to mention the website again for any new listeners who may not be aware, because a lot of the emails that I get are from folks who are asking for, you know, spell recommendations or book recommendations or questions about herbs or, you know, spirit activity or annoying neighbors or shitty coworkers and so on and so forth. And I frequently find as I'm replying to folks that I'm really just repeating a lot of the same information that I've already given in a past episode. And, you know, I understand no one is familiar with every single episode and it's unreasonable to expect that everyone knows everything we've ever covered here on the show. God knows I don't, but that is why I just want to mention that I post a written transcript of every single episode of this podcast on my website, middleagedwitch.com. It's totally free. Everything is available. So if you are looking for a love spell or a way to break a hex or information about astral travel or whatever the case may be, there is a damn good chance that the information that you're looking for is already available and you don't need to wait for me. On the website, up at the top, there's a search bar. So if you're looking for information about mojo bags or shadow work or what have you, just type in whatever it is that you're looking for and you'll get results from every episode where we've talked about that. Full transcripts, including spell work, including rituals, recipes, everything. So with that said, um, today I want to talk about something that we have covered a lot on this podcast already, and that is protection magic. We have spoken about so many different methods that we can use to protect ourselves, to protect our homes, our families, our kids, our pets, our workspaces, and so on. But there is always more to know. And also protection magic is just really important. So I'm going to go through the process of warding our homes, our living spaces, and I'm just going to drop a few of my very favorite personal protection spells at the end. Um, of this episode, just because they're easy and they matter, you know, it matters, that sort of thing. But first and foremost, let's go through the method. Well, my method, it isn't the method. There are lots of ways to get results. This is just my way um, to set wards. And let's start at the beginning. Before you ward your house or office or car, or dorm room, you need to cleanse it. Wards don't kick things out. They just prevent new things from getting in. So we're going to do a cleansing first, and then we're going to throw our wards to keep away any new buggers from getting in. And cleansing can be done 
in a lot of ways for all different needs. Smoke cleansing is probably the method that we're most familiar with, and this just entails opening your windows and your doors and lighting herbs or incense and wafting the smoke throughout your space. I prefer to begin from the back of my home and move toward the front while stating my intent firmly and clearly. You're going to want to waft your smoke up into the corners and into the closets, under the beds. We don't want to leave anywhere for the nasties to hide. Now, if smoke isn't allowed or if it isn't advised for some reason, you can also make a cleansing spray. And I like to keep this on hand. So first we're going to make some moon water. And this process is as simple as filling a glass or a jar with some filtered water. And in addition to the water, we're going to place some cleansing and purifying herbs in that jar as well. I like to use rosemary um, or basil, cedar, juniper, sage, thyme, and lavender. I won't use all of them. I've just whatever I've got. Um, and if you have any other herbs that you like to add, especially if you feel prompted by spirit or by your own intuition, by all means, add those as well. And then we can also add some cleansing stones to our water as well, as long as they're water safe. Some of my favorites for this kind of work are clear quartz, amethyst, agate, tiger's eye, and black obsidian. And again, if there are other stones that you feel called to use, don't let me stop you. Just please do a Google search and make sure that they're safe to use in water. I also recommend adding a little bit of salt to this water as well. Not a lot, just a pinch. Salt is very cleansing on its own, so it can really kick up the power a notch. And it also will inhibit mold and bacteria growth, um, especially because, like I said, I like to keep a cleansing spray on hand. So this might sit under my cabinet for a month or two. So I like to add some salt. Dual purpose. And that's all there is to it. We're gonna put our water outside or on a windowsill overnight in full view of the moon, and then it'll be ready to use in the morning. Now, some witches will suggest doing this on the full moon, so you get the full power of the moon in your water. Others will suggest waiting for the new moon since we're using this water for banishing. I say either method is fine, just pick your favorite. And I believe, yeah, it's the new moon tonight. So we're going to strain out our herbs in the morning and we're going to put that water into a spray bottle. Now you can leave the stones in there if you like because they're not going to get sucked up into your little spray mechanism. Um, and then to use it, you're just going to proceed throughout your home just the same way that you would if we were using smoke. We're going to open the windows and spritz the living shit out of all the negativity, all the oppressive freeloaders in our space. Now if... We can't do this to the entire home for whatever reason. You know, maybe you've got roommates that don't approve. Maybe you're still living with your parents. You can certainly do it to your own bedroom at least. Um, but what's really great about the water method is that it's really versatile and it's so discreet. Um, so if you're not worried about roommates or parents, but you're still not convinced to do smoke or water, you can also just use your own energy to get rid of unwanted entities. And by that, I mean we're going to raise a bunch of energy in our space and literally shout those bastards out of the house. Because as we constantly hear, the tools aren't where the magic comes from. The magic comes from the witch. So 
turn on some music that raises your personal vibrations, turn it on good and loud, and start dancing. And I mean really move your body. No one is going to see you, so don't worry about how you look. Shake your ass. Don't even think about how you look. Just start calling in energy. Get those muscles warm. And when we're really in the zone and we feel like we're at the peak of that energetic bubble, grab a bell or grab a drum, a tambourine, even just, you know, a pot and a wooden spoon and just start banging the hell out of it. Make a ton of racket and start commanding those unwanted entities to leave your space. All right. So now we've cleansed. What's next? Once we've cleansed the space, we're going to place sigils on the windows and doors. And this can be any sigil that you've made, or it can be a pre-existing well-known symbol like a pentacle or even a cross if that's something that resonates to you. So place your sigils and you can use the same moon water that you've already made if that's the method that you used, or you can use Florida water, or you can use holy water if you happen to have some. Um, I like to use Flor Florida water for this um, when I do sigils. I don't know. I just like Florida water for it. And I have a recipe that I'm about to lay down for you. My Florida water recipe is as follows. I'm going to add rosemary, juniper berries, whole cloves, cedar, sweetgrass, lavender, rose petals, dried orange peel, mint, and basil to a mason jar. Um, precise amounts don't matter. If you have some of these things, but not all of them, just use what you have. We're just going to throw this all into a mason jar. And then I'm going to get the cheapest bottom shelf vodka that I can find. And I'm going to pour all of that over all my uh, herbs. I'm going to fill the jar to the top, covering all those herbs. Now, there are a thousand recipes for Florida water online, and they're easy to modify according to your own personal preferences and what you have on hand. This is just what I personally use. And then we're going to put a lid on the jar, shake it up nice and good, and we're going to stick it in a dark cupboard. And we're going to pull this out and shake it daily for four to six weeks. If you skip a day, if you skip two days, if you skip three days, it's not the end of the world. Just shake it out every couple, you know, a couple times a week for about four to six weeks. And then once it's ready to use, it should be a really beautiful color. And then we're going to strain it out. Now, when I do this, I like to use a colander and I line it with a coffee filter so that I can get all of the bits out because I don't want stuff in my Florida water. I just want that liquid. And then we're going to store it in a glass bottle. This is the easiest thing to make, but you can also just buy it. They sell it at Walmart. Anyway, back to our sigils. So I'm going to dab some of that liquid, whatever liquid you choose, your holy water, your Florida water, your moon water, what have you. We're going to get some of that on our fingertip and draw our sigils on the door or on the window while repeating our protective mantra, whatever it may be. That's another thing. You've got to write your protective mantra. It doesn't have to be fancy, but it can be. It doesn't have to rhyme, but it can. It doesn't have to be poetic, but maybe it does. It's up to you. You could also use chalk. Or you can just light incense and trace your sigil in the air a few inches from the windows or the doors. That's air magic. So our space is cleansed. We've put sigils on our doors and windows. And now we've got to lock the building or room or space down tight. Make sure none of those little beasties come back. And for this, we are going to make and set wards. Now, 
we can turn anything into a ward. Some of the wards around my house, just to give you an idea, um, I've got some metal wind chimes in the backyard. I've got a set of witch bells at the front door. I've got hagstones on several window stills, sills. I've got crystals um, hanging in my windows. I've got a spell jar that's buried near the front walkway. I've got a big metal coin that I keep in my car. I have a jar of black salt in my office at work. I've got some iron railroad spikes buried at the four corners of our property, and that's not even all of them. A ward can be made of just about anything. Its purpose is just to house the protective energy that you put into it, and then to release that energy over a period of time to protect your space. So to make some object into a ward, first pick out what it's going to be. Choose your object. It could be a cool stone that you find. It could be a handful of acorns from your morning walk through the park. It can be something that you've bought, like a wind chime. I do find that some objects are better at housing energy than others. I find that natural materials seem to hold energy longer and work a bit better. And also metals count as natural uh, uh, materials. But your experience may vary, especially if the object that you've chosen has special sentimental value, like maybe it's a teddy bear that your dearly departed grandmother gave to you. This is where you, as the witch, need to make the judgment call for yourself. You need to decide what feels like it wants to act as a ward for you. So cleanse your ward the same way that we cleansed our space. We're going to use smoke, we're going to use water, whatever it is. And then we are going to jam as much protective energy as we can into the object. And for this, we're going to draw the energy into ourselves, into our bodies first. So at your altar or other private space, we're going to light a candle. We're going to set our object in front of it. Close your eyes if it helps and envision this energy being pulled into your body through the palms of your hands, through the soles of your feet, moving through your arms and your legs into your torso, a blinding white hot ball of energy inside your chest, building and getting bigger and stronger and hotter. And then just blast that energy back out through your palms into the object. That's the process of it. That's really it. And you're going to make as many wards as you think that you'll need and place them where you want them. You might want to put them near points of entry into your home or into your space if this is a bedroom. On your front and back porch might be a good choice. Uh, in or near your office or vehicle, your locker, your purse, your wallet, so you can carry that protection with you. And also check in with your wards periodically because they will need to be charged from time to time. And then if you have a ward that gets to the point that you feel like it's just done all that it can for you and recharging it just isn't going to be an option, then just thank it for its life of protection and retire it. If it is something natural, you can return that material to nature. But if it's something that doesn't work as a ward anymore but still holds sentiment of value, then just keep it. And that should be sufficient to keep out most mundane forms of unwanted energy or entities or even magic that's been directed at you. You can repeat this process as needed to keep yourself and your spaces cleared and rest easy. There are a lot of books that contain sections on protective magic and they're all good 
all around witchcraft books. But my personal favorite currently is called By Rust of Nail and Prick of Thorn by Althea Sebastiani. It is not a long book, but it is only about protection magic. And it's one of my personal favorites on this subject. It explains the theory a lot more thoroughly than some other books, and it goes through so many different kinds of protective workings, particularly if you're concerned about anything that we would typically call demonic. I don't really like that word. I like to say the D word, um, but sometimes, you know, that's how we identify it. Or if you feel that you've personally been hexed, it's just worth it to have that little book to consult. And that's how we lay wards. You know, it's a process, but like, so what? We're witches. We live for the drama. And so now I want to just drop a few of my very favorite protective spells. These are super simple. And a lot of protective magic is very earth-centric. I want to mention that out front. And so that's where we're going to start. Now, my favorite way to cast protection for my family, especially my kids, um, when they're traveling, is to throw a handful of soil after them as they're leaving. Don't make a big deal of that. This is meant to be discreet. The whole point is that they don't notice it. We're not going to, you know, whip a big handful of mud upside their heads. We're just going to toss a bit of soil into the wind as they walk away or drive away. They should not even realize that you've done it. And all the while, we're holding those intentions of protection, of safe travel, of an easy journey in our heart while they go. Another one I really love is using the charred end of a stick to draw protective sigils on trees, specifically trees around your property. So if you've got a fire pit or a burn barrel or whatever, if you can find a bit of charred wood that you can essentially use as chalk and just draw a pentacle or a personal protection symbol onto the trunk of the trees on your property, it's super effective. It's very potent. Trees are such stalwarts of protection anyway, so enlisting them in this process makes sense. And then the final method that I want to suggest trying is sewing a little protective symbol into clothing. Now, we've, we've talked about this before. Sewing magic is really powerful. This is not something that needs a skilled seamstress, though. I'm talking about just sewing a little X into, you know, the lining of a jacket or into a pocket or into the lining of a purse with the intention of protection. This is powerful as hell. We are combining symbolism with not magic because we've got to tie that string when we're done. And we are using our hands to craft this magic. I'm telling you, this is good shit. And it's the beginning of the year. It's a good time to refresh wards or to set new ones. It's a good time to reevaluate our protective measures around the house. It's just a good time to start fresh. And I like to start with protection. It's such base one magic. And that's it for today. Thank you very, very much for joining me. Can't wait to talk to you again next week. My name is Eli Rowe. And this has been the Middle-Aged Witch Podcast. May our troubles be less and our blessings be more and nothing but happiness come through our door.
information presented is the author's opinion and does not constitute any health or medical advice. The content of this podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any condition or disease. Please seek advice from your healthcare provider for your personal health concerns. Thank you.